exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, hello. Yes, I'm Reverend Ogan. This is Reverend Kelly. Hi, Reverend Kelly. Hi, Reverend Ogan. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. We are live. Yes, we are live. I know the last two weeks we uh, we shared some pre-records with you, but I am back from balmy Barbados beaches and <laughs> beer and wonderful bread. And uh, it's 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 good to be back. Uh, I went from one day being 80 degrees to the next day being 18 degrees. And yeah, just a little bit of a shock there. <laughs> uh, just invert the numbers, right? Uh, something like that uh but uh not quite inverted the numbers but it sure felt like i inverted the numbers let me just tell you that but glad to be back glad to be back on air with you we are with love and justice for all where we're having conversations around embodied anti-racism dismantling oppression especially the special challenges that arise spiritual seekers if you are listening live you can call in and join us in the conversation 816-251-3555 Hit us up on the socials. Um, our our page is at Get Our Holy On. Get Our Holy On. That's our tagline for uh, the work that we do under the moniker Project Sanctus. If you are listening later, if you're listening live, please know you can also listen to us anytime on all the podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Search for us out there somewhere with love and justice for all. If you're listening later, Uh, On your own time, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to us. Please share this with your friends. Drop us comments and questions anytime uh, so that we can talk about the things that you really want to hear about as well. Your challenges, your worries, your thoughts. Uh, If you want to be anonymous, we'll figure out some way to get it to you. But you can email it to us, uh, ogan at projectsanctus.com or kelly at projectsanctus.com. And check out all the offerings that we have. Uh, we do a lot of uh, anti-racism um, um, opportunities. We have a bunch um, on our website, projectsanctus.com. Two big things that are coming up this week that I want to make sure to mention um, that are related to our topic, um, but I want to mention before I forget is uh, tonight we're starting a book study on Robin D'Angelo's newest book, Nice Racism. And you no, know, this is our eighth one. It's our eighth. You're kidding me. It's been no. eight already. Wow. It, this is our eighth, 846 book club. Yes. Um, it is called Nice Racism, How Progressive White People Perpetuate Racial Harm. And we, th- <clears throat> we thought this was a good book to cover now because uh, we, we've talked about how, you know, especially in the last uh, two years, there's really been this upswell, this upsurgence of attention to our national scourge of systemic racism and people want to do some work around it and do their own inner work and inner healing and change systems and do like that, which is wonderful. However, what comes along with that is sometimes not realizing that sometimes if you are in a white body and you consider yourself progressive and woke, sometimes you are actually doing more racial harm than, than good. And again, this is not as woke as you may think. Well, again, and, you don't know what you don't know. So yeah, just, in yeah, case, yeah, yeah. Just, in, just in case you're wondering, am I? Come to our book club. <laughs> this will be a great place to find out if you are and what you can do about it. So we want to invite you to that. It starts tonight, uh, Tuesday, January 18th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. 
don't worry if you're hearing about this like after Tuesday and you're like, I missed the first one. I can't. No, you can jump in at any time. Get the book, jump in. We're going to be doing this for like the next six weeks, I think. So um, head over to projectsangus.com to sign up for that. And the next thing we're doing tomorrow night, we're having our affinity groups on Zoom. Again, affinity groups. These are groups where we get together. We do it twice a month. Uh, the first Wednesday of the month, people of color and white people are in the same discussion around issues. And then tomorrow night, third Wednesday of the month, we are going to be dividing the group. So people of color in one group, white bodies in another group, because sometimes there's just work we have to do on our own. We want to make sure everybody is in a comfortable, safe space to really say what's on their minds and hearts um, and express their fears, their concerns and so on and so forth, et cetera, et cetera. So again, all at projectsanctus.com. Please check it out. Um, and I said, these are these are dovetailing perfectly into our topic today, because today, January 18th, it is today, right? It is today. Yes, it is today, today. Right on the day. It is the National Day of Racial Healing. The National Day of Racial. Not that every day is a day for racial healing, yes. <laughs> but today is the day which we call special attention to it. Uh, so... Yeah. If you've never heard about it, it is it is a, a day again where we call attention um, and opportunities for people and organizations of communities to call for racial healing, bringing people together, uh, uh, acknowledging shared humanity, and taking action together to create a more just and equitable world. Uh, you know, sometimes it, you might find it challenging, whether it's your workplace or your family place, to to raise these discussions. This is a great seg. This is a great inroad. This is a great segue. You know, if it's not on your organization's agenda, hey, guess what, guys? Today's National Racial Healing Day. Perhaps we should do something at our organization. It might have should have had this discussion last week, but it's not too late uh, to 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 do it. So. So what do we want to say about the National Day of Racial Healing? Well, I just want to acknowledge that it's a um, it's hosted by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. Okay. And it was created with and builds on the work of the Truth, Racial Healing and Transformation Community Partners. Um, And so it's every year um, on this date. And it's um, it's just that uh, racial healing, it's it's not a, uh, a maybe it's a a must, you know, um, that if, if we talk about wanting a world of, um, you know, of justice, like we say with love and justice for all. Right. And, um, we are talking about, um, especially in spiritual communities, when we talk about, you know, when we talk about love, when we talk about healing, we talk about transformation. Um, we don't often talk about justice, but we're, it's getting a little better. But we, but you often hear the the phrase, you know, a world that works for all. Well, the only way you have a world that works for all is having racial equity, and racial healing is at the core of racial equity. Um, it's about making a future. Um, brighter for everyone. You know, we've talked about, you know, back in December or November, we were talking about the book, the, you know, the sum of us that, you know, it's not a zero sum game, you know, everybody loses with um, racial inequity. And so a national day of racial healing, while absolutely every day really should be. um, And, and we're going to, the things we're going to talk about are um, things that you can, you can do every day, you know, you can start incorporating into your family, into your spiritual community, 
into, um, you know, if you work in healthcare, you know, you, the own organization you work in, but it's about, um, it's really about building relationships. It's about telling the truth um, and, and being in action. Um, and there has to be this, um, you know, healing is not a, a soul and, you know, it's not a, it's not an undertaking that's solo. It's, it's, I, of course, have individual work and, and you and everyone, but it has to be a collective thing. It's a both and. Um, and, and it's, and it's solidarity. Yeah. And it's also, it's also not a destination, right? Because no. we, we no. often, when we hear the word heal, one of the things that comes to mind is we often, again, uh, in, uh, extrapolate, no, what's the word? When you use one word to mean another thing, it, we often not confuse it. Uh, uh my vacation brain has not kicked into normal. <laughs> we often, when we say heal, we often think in our brains cure, which means yes. like, you know, yeah. we, we, we had a disease, we've cured it. We don't right. have the disease anymore. We're good. Right. That's, well, that's, so, the, so that's the kind of attitude that we've gotten. Sorry to interrupt you, but uh-huh. what you said earlier about, you know, after the murder of George Floyd and there's all this energy and all these book studies. And then a year later, two years later, we're like, okay, aren't we done yet? Yeah, <laughs> right. No. Right. Right. So, so healing, healing is a constant process. Yeah. Growth and, and... Yep. It's um, um, so I think you're frozen. Um, I don't hear you, Ogan. Um, so we, uh, you know, the, the National Day of Racial Healing is um, the work begins with every individual, every group, every community. And you can, you know, there are a lot of ways to um, to do that, to introduce it into your conversations, how to even have the conversations about racial healing, how to um, even open the conversation, um, even how to be on the same page, because uh, often we find in spiritual communities we're not on the same page um and recording stopped um so i think we lost ogan for a moment there um anyway so the it's it centers around so that this national recording day, in progress um centers around um i think we lost you for a moment ogan but now you're back yeah um, i don't know what just happened <laughs> i don't know i was talking about a national day of racial healing and and the um, black guy disappears. The, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, you said it. I wasn't going to say it. But yeah. It's, but anyway. It's, it's, it's okay it's, for me to say it. Yeah. Well, what I was just, I was just talking about that this, that this really is sort of a, can, uh-huh. there well, are a gone lot again. of ways that you can engage in, you know, the work of racial healing. Um, and I really want to, you know, drive home the point that, um, there are a lot of ways, even just to open a conversation. And that's what, when I kind of lost you, that's where I was going was it can be particularly difficult in spiritual communities because there isn't even agreement that we should be talking about this um, right. in, in spiritual communities. And so um, um, it, it, even, so one of the things that to, to we're going to offer you today is how you can do that, how you can start a conversation. You can, um, you know, it's that thing about um, we, you know, am I willing to do the work um, without necessarily seeing the fruits of my labor? Yes, yes. Um, I think uh, two things on that. Um, 
that that is the point right we're 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 doing this this is a long game we're doing this for for i guess future generations but the truth is the progress that we make along the way we we will see the benefits um of as well yeah. the other thing we have to remember is that when we speak about uh, like white supremacy cultural norms when we speak about racism um it is a thing that uh, I don't want to say it's a life, but it adapts, it it mutates, it changes. The virus, it mutates. You know exactly. We we just uh, celebrated uh, Martin Luther King Day yesterday. We we talked about his legacy. We we talked about, for example, his work to help secure voting rights in the sixties. And 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 here we are, all this time later, and we're seeking to assure more secure voting rights for all people. And we're still getting opposition uh, around that. We're still having claims of under, under the guise of quote unquote voter fraud, voter fraud and, and voter uh, security and voter integrity and all of that. When again, there's the numbers do not substantiate that it's a problem. Uh, and in fact, when I hear about voter fraud, the, the, the meager instances of voter fraud in the in the news, it's usually someone from the party who was trying to block these this voter voting rights bill, uh, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. So again, uh, it it looks different. No one's going to come out and say we are we're we are against this because we don't want people of color to vote. But you betcha, it's underlying there. It's no different than. Uh, this this uh, insistence that uh, DC should not gain statehood because because some people have come out and said the thing they shouldn't have said, which was yes, if we grant DC statehood, that is a predominantly black city, and that's another uh, vote for the Democrats. So people have come out and said that out loud. Uh, so well, we still have we still have work to do. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean the thing since we're on the voter, you know, voting. Um, Voting rights uh-huh. conversation. Um, the you know attached to that is the whole this conversation around you know the filibuster. I mean that's connected with it, and yes. most people don't realize that um, um, they they don't. I mean, I had to go do a bunch of work around the filibuster, um, and you know, like I, so I understood it, and there was a whole lot that I didn't know what I didn't know. But yes. every bill between 1917 and 1994, so every single bill between those in that <clears throat> um, almost 80 years, every bill that failed due to the filibuster, half of those bills were related to civil rights. Yes, yes, it, yes, it was. Yes, it was. In fact, and that's the, just crazy. The filibuster actually came into being to to prevent legislation that favored people of color. Um, if you we're not um, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that today. But if you really want to take a deep dive into reading about that, I highly recommend uh, the book, the sixteen nineteen project. You, you may have heard of that. The the, the New York Times. Um, special edition thing that came out a few years ago uh the author has now with the help of other scholars created a freestanding book and expanded on some of those stories and and one of the chapters is is around politics and how politics has um influence what's uh how how white supremacy norms have influenced a lot of these policies we have one of them is that filibuster filibuster is not in the constitution so we're not we're not betraying the constitution if we get rid of it 
Um, and yes, it was created for that very idea. Um, the, 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 the fact that we have a house of representatives and how the numbers of house of representatives are allotted was created originally to give, uh, slaveholders, especially in the South, give them a greater say in the political process. So, so our, the very foundations of our government, uh, it's, it's, it's all interwoven. So no one's saying we dismantled the government. No, what we're saying is we have to take a look at these policies, these procedures, these things that we take for granted that we always have to do the way we've always done it and go, are these producing equitable outcomes? And if they're not, we got to revisit them. And to go back to the thing you said about, about churches, um, I do believe I'm going to give I'm going to give the churches a little bit of credit. I do believe they've gone to the point where they're like, yeah, we got to talk about this. Let's not. It's OK to talk about it now. Better late than never. We're not afraid to 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 say the word to say the R word out loud in church anymore. We're not afraid to say racism anymore. Right. So we can do that. The 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 but what comes along with that is that that's great. That's not enough what are, what are the actual was the actual work that you're doing if you're saying you're an anti-racist community where where where's your money going where's your attention going where are your resources going um so so applauding that you've taken the steps you know uh, and as i've said this before you know you've you've changed you've changed your your core values you're including diversity and anti-racism and and you're declaring yourself great first step and now what are the action steps that come from that so so you're not done yet you well you're you're more um uh generous than i am because uh, i know i know some churches where they're not allowed to say black lives matter um they will not talk about re- that racism is something political and you don't talk about it from the right. pulpit so you're you're more generous than i am well, um, i'm given i'm I'm given. Yes, there has been. Yes, there has been progress. I given the folks that 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 deserve some credit, some 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 credit, and and calling up the other ones. Yeah, I'm calling. Well, I'm calling us all up. All all of us, each and every one of us. You, me, each and every one of us. There's always more learning to do. There's always more stretching and growing uh, to do. So 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 let's jump in. Let's jump in with. With some of the things, uh, what are what are what are some of the what are some of the things that people can can do when we talk about racial healing, other than you know joining a, a nice yeah. book club like ours to to do our own personal work, you know, as an organization, a church, as an individual. Um, let's let's talk about some of those things. What, what, what do we got well, for us? Yeah. So one of the first things though is is to actually put it in a context of what is it. You know, mm. what actually is racial healing? Um, because there are there are individuals that uh, of, you know, whether it's white bodies or bodies of color or culture that 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 don't like all colored bodies. There are people that don't know, you know, have great clarity around what racism is, you know, the system of, of racism or system of, you know, oppression, um, its roots, its history, how it came about, where, how it's. You know, it's in, it's capitalism, it's, you know, the police structure, you know, so there's, there's always learning to be done. Um, But racial healing is like, that's one element. But what racial healing does is it restores, um, it restores individuals and communities to wholeness. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, it's not so what we're what we 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 and this sometimes happens in spiritual communities we want to say yes our you know we are whole and you know um, we're healing and wholeness and focused on that and yet um we racial healing is repairing damage caused by racism and it's repairing the damage caused by these the structures of our of our country of our society um and and transforming those structures and dismantling some and building other structures that affirm the inherent value of all, you know, love and justice for all. Um, it, be, it it provides a place, creates, you know, more detail we'll get into, but having the safe place where truth telling, people can tell the truth yeah. um, about the experience. And if you're hearing this and your first response is, but my community has never done any harm because of this um that's 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 the first red flag right that's the first red flag yeah because it's important to understand that um that that it's and i'll say this and i i got this um from um robin d'angelo that um you know it's not it's not that just by function my goal my work as a you know, predominantly white, you know, walking through the world as a white body is to do less harm. Yes. And which, and I say it that way so that I own the fact that there is harm that I have done and will do again, not because I'm mean or bad or mean, you know, I don't have a good heart and every white body um, does harm. It's because we don't, we just, we don't know what we don't know. And exactly harm and and harm can be a strong word for people and, and people can get very defensive about it. Um, but I use the word and I use it very specifically and I use it recognizing how hard it can be here to hear, how hard it was to own. Um, but I will say things or I will do things that are, um, I'm not a, you know, I can't go around saying you're a racist, you're a racist, but there are times when something racist comes out of my mouth or I have thoughts Right? And because you didn't know that it was, doesn't make it not. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so I, my work is to, um, you know, why it's so important is that, you know, that unless, you know, if I'm to be lifted up and be whole and be successful and, and know my value, um, then everyone has to be. If I'm to know that, everyone has to be lifted yeah. up. You can't. And, and, and why it's important to do this work is, again, um, and, and, and we hear this from a lot of the folks we work with, um, many white folk in unity churches assume that because their experience is comfortable, safe, and welcoming, that it's comfortable, safe, and welcoming for all people. And it's not. How do we know it's not? Because we've heard from people of color in unity churches who have not felt safe, who've not felt welcome, who've not felt uh, uh, accepted. And again, it's not that you're doing it on purpose. That's not what we're, we're not accusing you of 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 intentionally inflicting harm. What we're saying is because we're so embedded in this, we you don't know that you've been doing it. And and part of the racial healing is being first willing to listen to be open to the possibility that in spite of my love and intentions, yes, I did perpetuate some harm. 
Now, how do I go about both? Be- and, and again, remember, when we inflict harm, whether we know we've done it or not, both parties are harmed. So, yes. so, so it's about healing ourselves. It's about healing the other party. And it's about, again, creating uh, a, a, a community that truly is welcoming, that truly is a safe space. That, and, and that's what the wholeness is. When you talk about restoring individuals and communities to wholeness, that's, that's what I think about. Is, yeah. this, is this a space that is absolutely safe for me, no matter how old I am, no matter what gender I am, no matter what orientation I am, no matter what uh, ethnicity I am or race I am or level of ability? Can yeah. I be my whole self in this, in this space? Um, and many of us think that we have that set up in our communities and yeah. we, and we kind of sort of don't. Um, and even if you ask, you know, I've done that um, and you ask, you don't always get, um, you know, a straight answer, but hopefully, but oh, I have at least gotten um, honesty, truth telling from, you know, at least one person, whenever I, I do ask, someone is willing to say, you know what, that's not true for me. And yeah. then, and everyone else, I didn't know, I didn't know. And I'm like, that's the, that's our point. Yeah. And then it's like, well, why didn't you tell us? Well, was, was the space safe for them to tell you? Um, And we assume that it is. um, And part of that safety comes, part of that safety is created by our willingness to listen and, and to accept that what they're saying is also true. Yes. Well, it's, you, you, you being, you have to be willing to engage and surface the tension. Yes. You have to. You yeah. gotta, you got to, you gotta, you gotta lean, gotta lean into the tension. Yep. And you have uh, to be willing to be conscious about it and engage it and invite it and be, be uncomfortable. It's not about getting comfortable with the discomfort. It's just being, having a space for it. Yes. You so go to break. I was going to say, we gonna, we gonna lean into a break right now. Um, and we will be back and we're going to talk some, uh, we'll we, talk we in be... more detail how you could do this. Yes. We'll be right back. You're listening to With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Welcome back. I'm Reverend Kelly and Reverend Ogan and I are talking today about January 18th is actually the National Day of Racial Healing. And so we spent the first half talking about racial healing. What is it? Why do we need it? You know, um, and just some of the <clears throat> the pitfalls, the blind spots that that we may have around um, around racial healing, and and do we need it, and how does it show up, and what's difficult, and so uh, especially for spiritual communities. <coughs> excuse me. Um, so now we want to actually go the next step, kind of um, expand what we were saying, and get into the details about. Something and while today is is National Day is a National Day of Racial Healing, every day, you know, really is a, na- a day of racial healing because every day there's something that we can do, and so the thing that we want to focus on is having conversation. I think it's one of the hardest places to start is just to 
um, you know, invite your friends, invite colleagues, your neighbors, you know, and you could do it online or you can do it in person. But um, <clears throat> I, I know many people who would like to be able to talk about racism and the need for racial justice and healing, but just don't know where to start. Don't know how do you do this. I'm going to especially, you know, if you if you designate yourself as a white body, you know, I'm going to say the wrong thing and um, I'm going to, you know, offend someone. And I'm, I know I'm going to say something racist and, you know, all of that worry. And so we want to just talk about, um, you know, how you can get started. I, don't, I was going to say easy, but that's not necessarily the right. Simple, um, but how to have the conversations and not worry so much about, you know, people won't understand differing points of view or how do we do this without offending each other. So the um, so keeping in mind and, and Reverend Ogan and I use the the when we talk about um, Project Sanctus as a safe and brave online space, um, we talk about it as a brave space because it's really um, uh, a brave space means that it's an it's a space to be uncomfortable. It's a space to have facilitated conversations where um, people can say things that um that are not necessarily that aren't comfortable you know it's a brave space meaning you know creating um a context so people can be authentic and they can be vulnerable and we um, we we expect we expect people to put their foot in their mouth sometimes yes yes we do <laughs> and as soon as they do we allow them to put their foot in their mouth and hey we we back we've put our feet in our mouths yes. in the course of doing things, yes. right? Don't, don't think, don't think we've perfected this. We are, we are on our own journey of, of healing as well. But, but I say that, I say that because again, to your point, people, it's like, people have this thought or pressure. I got to get it right. No, 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 no. Take, take that off. It's, it's okay. And, and we've created a space where we don't expect you to get it right at all. Uh, we maybe hold the standard of quote unquote getting right for each other <laughs> more, more than anyone else, but even even we fall short as the as the facilitators. So 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 upfront establishing that that yes we we might say some things we don't know what we don't know. So so are you making allowances for that from the get go? Yeah, it's being. Um you know, part, so part of that brave space is having agreements, right? You have, and we have a, um, you know, uh, a list of mutual agreements for multicultural, you know, coming together, a multicultural group. Um, and it's, and it doesn't, it is about listening, like listening for listening, not listening to respond. And, and here's a, a, a really big cue that if, if you're in a group and, and wanting to support creating this brave space and have conversation about racism and, um, and you find yourself, you know, um, activated and, and, you know, this really overwhelming urge to want to respond and, you know, yes, but, or, well, that wasn't what I meant, or, oh, but I didn't say that, you know, I wasn't being raised, like you find yourself with this urge to want to respond, zip it it's you know it's a general it's it it can be really uncomfortable and um white bodies can get very nervous about but my point of view won't be heard that's okay we it's 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 learning to be humble that whatever it is that's going on that you have this urge to need to share that's 
that urge, like I got to get this out and you have to understand what I mean, is the po- one of the poster children for white body supremacy culture. And it's as a white body, if I'm wanting to help create a brave space, it's learning to not to respond to that, to just be quiet and because and help create a relaxed, comfortable place where, you know, differences in belief and di- especially differences in experience can emerge. And just be curious, just be curious about another person's experience and and just be curious about what they're thinking. Be curious um, uh, by just being quiet. Yeah. Um, so it's, a, um, you know, rather, um, you know, rather than, than, you know, responding with, well, I don't think that's true, or I've never experienced that, or, um, you know, uh, that hasn't happened to me, you know, things like that, you know, think about a way to say that if, you know, if there is a response, well, I hadn't thought of that before, or can you tell me more about what you mean, you know, or can you tell me more about what you're thinking? Um, it's the one of the biggies about having, you know, if you want to be in conversations about racial justice and racial healing, it really is having to engage that intention is not the hot issue, it's the impact. We really have to focus on the impact of what we say, because I know that people are good hearted. I don't believe for a minute that people are, you know, when, when I say something um, that's racist or do something that's, you know, that's, you know, I'm unconscious about what I've done. I need to, I don't, I know I'm not mean spirited. I have to look at the impact though. What was the impact of what I said or did? And when we can really keep turning the focus away from what my intention was or, you know, or just keep moving the focus back to the impact, um, you know, about how I might be feeling or, um, you know, how, when I hear something, you know, if there is an impact for me, how I feel when I hear that. Um, it's just, it's really learning how to, to be a, as a white body, to be a little quieter. Yeah. That is, that is a thing. That is a thing. Yeah. Um, and, and in the midst of, uh, these conversations in the midst of these groups or whatever you're, you're, you're having, um, do some practical things that allow space for everyone to share. Uh, don't be afraid to use timers. Don't be afraid to do something like using a talking stick. Don't be uh, afraid to to ask those who are speaking more than usual to pipe down a little and invite those who are being more quiet to share some share some thoughts as well. If you um, and I always say, if you um, are again hesitant to facilitate this discussion because you think you are not equipped enough in the subject matter there's people you can call in to help you uh and uh and this is this is i think this is i'm saying this more direct towards spiritual communities um you know we have we we have we have i think clergy who you know believe by the rev in front of their name that they can have conversations about any thing facilitate all conversations um i have learned from my personal experience that's not true (laughs) Uh, um i don't know everything i just look like i do so um 
please don't hesitate to call in people who have some measure of familiarity, not just with the subject matter, but lead in discussions on the subject yes. matter. Yeah. And that's 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 a whole different ballgame as, yep. as Being well. Being able to facilitate that much discomfort for a long stretch of time. Yes. <clears throat> that's a that's a that's a that's a whole thing. Yep. That is a whole thing. All right. So um and so so now that we've kind of set the uh set the space for the yeah. conversation. Well, now when we jump into the conversation, how 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 do we how do we flow? Well, you know, it, you also have to think, look at what, you know, does everybody know each other? Um, and even if they do, it's always a good idea to do, you know, what we might call them icebreakers. Um, but especially if everybody doesn't know each other, just, you know, where you invite each person to, you know, um, if you, whether you're online or in person to tell a little story about, um, you know, t- t- tell about a place that you really love to be, a place that makes you feel good. Tell um, a story about a time you got angry or tell a story about a time, you know, uh, tell me about your favorite food, you know, or, you know, if you could, if you had to pick one place in the world that you want to live, where would that be? It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a way to kind of open the door to, to get people, you know, knowing each other, things that, you you just probably wouldn't know and then when there's you can tell you know if you you know if you're seasoned facilitator when there's some measure of comfort and then you start to deepen the conversation and then you start to ask questions about you know how often do you think about your racial or ethnic identity you know what aspect of your of your racial identity or your ethnic identity or you know culture makes you the proudest you know um if you're you know what's um, you know, how do you, how do you see, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, racism, um, you know, how, how does it show up in your professional life? Or, you know, have you ever experienced, um, you know, um, your, your ethnic identity or your racial identity contributing to a problem, you know, or something? So there's this, and, you know, these, there's a whole lot of resources on the, the, um, on the website, the national, um, national, uh, day of racial healing which is at healourcommunities.org that's actually but you can type in national day of racial healing but there's all kinds of of toolkits and things that are there to download that help you move a conversation you know like the things i've said and keep moving a conversation deeper um you know asking people if they've ever witnessed someone being treated unfairly because of their racial or ethnic identity um you know, and, and then, and how did you respond? You know, and that kind of question, how did you respond? You know, or how did it make you feel is a really good question for, for people that identify as white bodies to start noticing how silent we actually are. Yeah. And it's, unco- and this is where the discomfort, and now people are, you know, the deeper the conversation goes, the the more ownership each of us has to have about you know, how we have created and continue to create or perpetuate, you know, the structures and the, of racism and, and the systems and, and learning where, where I can do something differently and, and how I might do it differently today than maybe two years ago or 10 years ago. Um, And, and let's also be clear to state that um, it's not just one conversation. No, no. This this needs to be an ongoing practice. This needs to be uh, 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 almost an open ended 
sort of um, event you have on your calendar versus we're going to, we're just going to do this for three weeks. Um, because then what happens is there's that temptation. Oh, we did this for three weeks. We got through it. Nobody killed each other. I learned a lot. Yay. We did it. <laughs> right. So, so because again, again, th- this, there's so many layers to this. Right. And there's so many stories that so many people have around this, no matter, no matter what your skin color is, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take time of listening to realize when you might've perpetuated harm. It might've take time of, of listening to, to realize where, for example, me as a person of color have, have my own insecurities around my blackness uh, in this, in this culture where, where I've, I've internalized uh, the oppression that's come my way it may take some time to to delve down into that. It may take some time to feel comfortable to start proposing ideas about how you as an individual and your community can start shifting things and 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 doing things. So so please don't just set it up for a three week or a four week program. You know, make this a regular occurrence, even if it's just once a month. Okay. Uh, you know, so that you 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 don't feel overwhelmed because the, yes, this work is challenging. Yes, this work is exhausting. Um, so so you space it out, but but yeah, it it's uh it's it's sometimes curious to see people who just you know do a workshop here, or a workshop there, and um, you know, call it a day. <laughs> well, and that's one of the one of the challenges I have. Um, and and I've found other people too I I used to think it was I was like in my own little uh, cornfield once in a blue moon about all these you know DEI initiatives you know all these programs and I'm like yeah they're good and you just we need to come down to the you know like grassroots level and just you know like the affinity groups you can have all the DEI programs till the cows come home and do all this cognitive learning and, and understanding and even you know it, even book studies you know we're doing our eighth one and that's not the that's that's a beginning point right yes and yes we're doing them but i i do get challenged by sometimes the number of these dei workshops and seminars and as though do this and then you're good and um, by the way i i do want to give a shout out to the folks who have participated not yeah. just in our book studies, but then transitioned into our affinity groups mm-hmm. and, and they show up month after month and are engaging in these discussions and, and getting increasingly uncomfortable and then comfortable and then uncomfortable again and then comfortable again. Like it's a, it's a month. There's several of them that are, you yeah. Tell they have these moments where they're like, okay, why do I keep coming back? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, even if you just show up once a quarter, the, the, the point is, like anything else, like any spiritual practice, you just don't meditate for a few months and call it a day. You don't, you're right, you don't, you don't meditate uh, only on special occasions, or you don't only meditate when a workshop happens. Maybe you do. I don't know. One of the most uncomfortable moments that I sort of regret, you know, sometimes as a minister, things come out of your mouth and you don't, and, and as they're, as they're coming out, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes things come out of my mouth and as they're coming out of my mouth, I want to, I want to get them back, but it's, it's I it's, can't it's, relate it's at all. I know, I know, I know. Everything you say is always perfect. But, but like, I remember having this moment where in the receiving line, somebody said to me, Hey, Reverend Holder, can you make the meditation 
uh, in the service a little bit longer because for some of us this is the only time we have to meditate all week and right away without even thinking like then you're doing meditation wrong like i just said and the look of horror on their face yes yep. <laughs> and i was like i am so sorry that i just said like i tried to bring it back but it yep. was it was too late the damage was done i didn't see him for a few months afterwards yeah. i felt so bad but but it's but the point is right it's not just these you know, hit and miss one that one and done, like you said, uh, like the AI workshops, those have their value and their place. They are important. You have to do both a top down and a bottom up approach and the bottom up, the grassroots level is really uh, getting into regular engaged discussions around this. And you'll do it if you are really serious about being that transformative change um, as well. It starts, it starts with the inner journey, like any, transformation that we always talk about in spiritual communities it starts with the inner journey and you're not gonna know what's in you until you are really taking a deep look and and unfortunately around this issue many of us have blinders on so that deep look has to come in the in the over the course of discussions over the course of conversations challenging conversations when we're given prompts and questions that we might have never considered before or as you said earlier, uh, somebody shares and you're like, oh, I, I never thought about it that way. And yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of making that happen. I didn't even realize that was a thing that I was doing, right? So, so this, is, this is how we begin to transform ourselves so that we can take, we can, we can take it further. And then, you, and then I mean, and, and even if you just did, you know, once a month for an hour, you know, for 90 minutes, um, you know, it's you you just you kind of repeat the process where you know you're there's different questions about engaging people there's you know there's always something in the news you know and just asking did you read such and such how did you what did you think when you read it or how did you feel about you know like for instance when uh kyle rittenhouse was you know found not guilty on these murder charges and just even asking in a group what did you think about that? Or how did you feel when you heard it? Yeah. Um, um, but, and then when you're kind of bringing a conversation to a close, um, you know, just asking people. And as a, if you're hosting, you know, as a facilitator, just, you know, offering how you were changed or what impacted you in the time that you had with these people, um, you know, and asking others, um, you know, something they appreciated about the process or someone in the group or what they learned about themselves. Um, you know, it, um, it sometimes every once in a while, it can be a little bit like pulling teeth. Um, but yeah. that's part of creating a brave space. It is. And and can I just add one more quick thing? Yeah. You know, there's oh. this, this is, this is the thing again, throwing myself under the bus that I used to be once guilty of. Um, but we, we we sometimes find this a lot in spiritual communities. We want to have our own group. We don't want to join anybody else. Sort of sort of deal. Uh, we we've got to dismantle that thinking because invariably, what happens is, first of all, we we just get in our own silo. Yep. Um, second of all, we're also putting undue stress on on our minister or or, or the staff of the church. If there's something already going on, and you're welcome to join it, join it. Uh, you know, yes, I am making a plug for our own affinity groups uh, that, that that we have. Um, some churches are like, no, we want to have our own group, so it's our own people. And I think on some level, there may be value in that at the start, right? Because it may feel more, it may feel safer, it may feel more comfortable to be with the people that you know. But 
in many ways that enables the need for comfort yes. as opposed to as opposed to really helping you lean into the discomfort of having these conversations. I was just on earlier this morning, I was on Facebook in a group and I was advocating for, okay, you don't have to do this by yourself in your church. Yeah. Yes. Come to where it's already happening. Exactly. Exactly. And invite your congregation along. And, and I hear the response, well, we want to have our own. Right. But unless and until you as the leader are willing to engage the tension of saying, no, let's go over here with other people already doing this, you know, yeah. it's online. Geography doesn't mean anything. Um, well, our people won't come. Well, not if you don't invite them. Yeah. And, and, and stress the importance of it. And, and part of the importance of it is this helps our own community. Right. We are going to help our community without us having to do the work and labor. I think that's what you call it. Working smarter, not harder. <laughs> right. So, you know, just want to, just want to put that out there. And again, I, I, I sort of ingesting about uh, jesting, joking about pushing our own affinity group. That's partly true, but you don't have to work with us. There's other things out there. There's other places other other resources, other people, other groups are going out there, do a Google search, find out where they are. Right. Uh, it, it matters more to me, not that you work with us, but that you are working on this. Right. Yep. So in terms of, um, so we have a few minutes, um, a few minutes left. Um, in terms of within a spiritual community or a church itself, um, a few things about, you know, use today this national day of racial healing as a jumping off point you know and return to it in a year like do some of these things we've talked about next year see where you're at but but make it the jumping off point so use you know um incorporate the racial healing into your sunday messages um, mm, yeah you know into meditation sessions into you know, study groups, uh, into classes. It doesn't matter what the topic of the class is, right. you know, there's a, there's a place to be teaching it. Um, you know, learn how to, you know, how to have these conversations with children. Um, yeah. it was one of the hardest things I've ever done was when I first, you know, I, it, I, you know, I started, I realized that I was going to have to talk with, you know, eight-year-olds and I'm, I realized that how I would, I'm thinking, okay, this is how I talk with adults. And then having to keep drilling down to how do you explain this to a six-year-old or an eight-year-old or not even explain but just open the door for a conversation um, well let's be clear if we spoke that way to adults too they might get it well that's true <laughs> just, just putting that out there <laughs> yes yes um so yeah learning how to you know children's activities and children's conversations um talk with others again um uh there's you know, Dr. Google it. I mean, if you want to talk mm. on how to talk about racism, you can find others. Um, reach out beyond your own, you know, your own church community, your own spiritual community. There are, you know, multiple um, other faith communities and interfaith alliances and coalitions that are engaged in, in anti-racism work. And so just connect with them. Again, not doing it and you don't have to do it all in your own place. And I think one of the places, too, is when you find organizations within your town, your community that are um, that are doing, you know, anti-racism work and tell your tell the members of your spiritual community and just tell them, you, you know, you don't actually have to be doing 
you know, you can hear, here's some links, go, you know, and, um, and just send people to go um, make connections. And yeah. if you're interested in the work, go here. It doesn't, everything doesn't have to be led by your spiritual community. Um, yeah. So um, that being said, that being said, please, please do the work and the deep questioning um, and find the ways that you can be um, a change agent and um, engage in racial healing. Join us. Uh, if you're listening to this Tuesday, join us uh, tonight um, or every Tuesday for the next six weeks as we go through Robin D'Angelo's Nice Racism. Join us every first and third Wednesday um, for our Zoom affinity groups. All of this is at projectsanctus.com. Uh, um, next week, we'll be talking about, I think, environmental justice. Um, and I think that's all we got for today. Yay. Welcome back, me. Yay. Welcome back, Reverend Ogan. Didn't do it we'll without you. Ditto. See you next week, everyone.